Welcome to the Spirit of a Badass, where we celebrate stories of courage, hope, and resiliency. I'm your host, Alicia Jacobson. Hello, and welcome to the Spirit of a Badass podcast. I am so excited for all you badasses to be here with us today. Joining us today is my client, Katie, and she's going to tell her story. And part of when Katie came to me in one of our sessions, she said, I want to share my story so that other people can be helped by my story. So I'm really excited to have her with us today to share her story. Katie is a mom of three. She lives in Oregon, Wisconsin, and she started coaching with me about a year ago and then also comes to the gym now to get buff, (laughs) right? Yes. (laughs) Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. So where does your story begin and how would you like to share that with us today? It begins probably a year ago. I started my first meeting with you and we had our first hour and a half long session and we went through everything. And at that point, I knew we were to be together coaching at that point. I didn't know what the road was going to take us on or what really was going to happen. But I knew that at that point in my life, I had to start working on me. And that was the important part. And about nine months before then, I had started working with a therapist. And that was going fantastic. And that was one of my first parts of starting to work on myself. Thankfully, my doctor, when I had first seen her, I had met her. And first thing she said to me, do you have a therapist? And I said, no. She says, go get one. So I did. (laughs) And then beyond that, I had been following your pages, both pages, your Gym 608 page and your Alicia Jacobson coaching page for probably between the two, 11 years. So that was a long time to follow you and keep saying it's uncomfortable. It's not time. And there was one post you did that said women put themselves last. Always. We put our kids first. We put our family first. We put our job first. Everything is first and we are last. Our health is last. Everything is just last. And that post that you had done said, we need to put ourselves first. We're people too, but how do we do it? We don't know how to do it, but you as a coach know how to do it and know how to teach women how to do it. So that is one reason I think I might've messaged you and, or you had commented on, I had commented on it and then you commented back and you're like, let's do it. And I thought, why not? What's it going to do? I go in for the first hour consultation and I don't like her. We don't jive, which I knew that potentially wouldn't have happened, but it was scary. You know, it just was uncomfortable. And then working with you and going through the wheel of life and having you bring out things in me and the things that you brought out were nothing that I didn't not already know. It was just the way we looked at it differently. 
And that is why I did the homework. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like, I know how to do that. Why aren't I doing that? So I just kept doing week after week after week. You'd give me homework and I'd come back and tell you this is what I did. I think the first thing we had talked about was like, I wanted to garden. I loved this time of year and the flowers and just sitting with my flowers and sitting on my front porch and watching the birds. And then I wanted to do a garden little revamp thing. And you're like, why don't you do it? And I said, because I have to buy dirt and I have to buy mulch and I have to do this and I have to do that. And you said, why don't you just buy the fucking dirt? And guess what I did? Bought the dirt. I bought the fucking dirt. (laughs) Okay. A couple of things. I want to back up because you said, I got a therapist. I saw your post about women putting themselves in the back burner and putting themselves last and not really taking care of themselves. And you also said you had been kind of following my message for 11 years. Like that's a long ass time. And what made that switch? Because there was something there that said, go. So you did something. It was the work that I had been doing in my therapy. And then it was getting kind of like the okay from you. Like, let's do it. Let's just see. And I... I was finally at a point where like, I need to work on me and that post saying like, women are on the back burner always. Like, yeah, I was one of the women on the back burners. And that was just like the little push I needed from somebody saying, don't be the women on the back burner anymore. Don't do that. And go get the help. Go talk to somebody. And... One thing about my story is that I want people to know that it's okay to be going and getting help with the therapist, with my doctor. I got the okay from my doctor. It was the little push like, no, it's okay. You're okay to go get a therapist. It's okay to go get a life coach and whatever help they may have you look at stuff. It's not because, I mean, we just got out of a pandemic. We don't know what's going on in our heads. We're all confused. Kids are confused. Adults are confused. You know, what direction do we go into? Do we have to, we have to rethink, like, do we have to wear a mask going into this place? Like society is hard enough. And then to throw in a pandemic. And that's also where I went Like, I can't do society anymore. Like, I have to cut society, not out, because it's there all the time, but I need to change my way of thinking of how society needs to be in my life and what ways can I change it or look at it differently to not make me the unhappy person that I was. Until doing the two things that I had started doing, I didn't realize how deep of a hole I was in of the black hole of, and whether it be depression or anxiety or whatever it was, I was really far in. I mean, I think I walked into your office and I'm like, I don't feel anything. That's exactly what you said. So you came in and it was almost like you were shut off on the inside. It was completely shut off. I didn't know what direction I was going in. 
I had a routine. I still do have a very strict routine, but I knew where I needed to be when I needed to be there. But per se, I didn't know why I was there because I just knew I needed to be there. And after coming out of and seeing that I worked so hard to work on me, I realized I was in a very, very dark spot. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of women out there who are in the same spot who don't know that it's okay to work on yourself. And I think it goes back to where society comes into play. We're told you need to look skinny. You need to have your hair done every six weeks. You need to eat these foods or you're going to be obese. You need to do all this stuff. You need to do this 12-week training program so that you can lose 40 pounds in four weeks. Well, guess what? That's the society that I needed to cut out of my life because those were the lies I was telling myself. And those are the lies that I didn't want to do anymore that helped me become the better person that I am today. So you came in, one of the things that made working with you possible, and I just want to highlight this because I am not, you know, like a mental health professional. However, you had already partnered with a therapist for many months before coming in. And so we were able to work on, I mean, a lot of the work we did was on your mindset. And you have said, like, I had things that I already knew, like I knew these things to be true. But what you did and what we were able to do together was help you to see things from a different perspective. And when you are able to see things from a different perspective, it's a complete life shift. And then the other thing that we work together on, two very big things, the mindset shift, but also what you've said is society. And that's a big piece for women because women have this idea that, like you said, I have to be skinny. I have to eat these things. And they get so many competing messages that then they freeze and do nothing. And that's where you were at because you were trying to do things that other people, it may have worked for them, which is fine. That's them. But then hearing that message that also is what has to work for you and Katie, just do this messes with your head. Almost like all the messages got so scrambled in your mind and it was like, you just freeze. Mm-hmm. And you had been doing this very deep work in therapy. And then when you came to me, it's like, okay, we sort of like put you, took you off the ice. <laughs> like you were frozen on ice and it was sort of like, we thawed you out a little bit and all right, let's work with this mindset shift. What's the biggest mindset shift that you had? Probably the knowing of the retraining of my brain so that I don't know how many times I had said in our sessions, I'm a grown ass woman. I can do these. Like, I'm pretty sure if we didn't, like, we need to make a shirt of that says I'm a grown ass woman because (laughs) we would end those sessions and you're like, yeah, you're a grown ass woman. Go buy the fucking dirt. (laughs) So being able to like have my own thoughts and being okay, shifting my brain and telling myself that it's okay. You don't have to do that. 
You don't have to eat those fruits and vegetables. You don't have to eat smoothies for the rest of your life. You don't have to work out four hours a day. Pretty sure you said just do five minutes. You'll be fine if you do five minutes of workout a day. It's just getting that pattern and that routine down and being able to, once you add little things in and not doing it all at once. And I think that's where I had to shift my mindset of thinking that like, I don't have to do it all at once. Make a list, pick two things out of it. You do it, you won. You won that day or that week. You keep talking about the dirt and our listeners don't know about your dirt story. (laughs) And this is really part of your like freezing because there was almost like this lack of trust that you had within yourself. And this was just a matter of, you just wanted to build like a, like a flower garden Mm -hmm. area. But the idea of you trusting yourself to go out and purchase it, to build it, to finish it, like you didn't have that belief. And you just did nothing then. And that was, it sounds silly, but like your homework was literally like, go (laughs) buy dirt, which sounds silly. However, when you translate that, it really is go trust yourself. And also, I didn't know it at that time because we were still so fresh into our sessions, but I had a scarcity and I was scared. I was scared of spending money. I was scared of can I execute what I have in my head to be out in my yard. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I bought the dirt. Like, worst case, it doesn't look like what I have. I'm not, I don't have a better homes and garden yard. I just have this little corner of my yard that I want to plant some stuff in. So to turn that scarcity around of, financial spending and realizing that it's a scarcity. I had a scarcity of working out because I have done that circle of hard so many times and I could never step off the circle of hard. And it's, it's a life change. It's, it's a mind shift change. And it's not that I am not creating habits but it's a lifestyle change. And that's what I realized. Like, I'm not doing this for the next six months and then I'm done. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And I have the resources to do it for the rest of my life because that's the different mind shift that I have now. Like, I know that when I'm not feeling that I can do something, that now I can do it because I have the resources and the tools. And you have the ability to ask for help. I have a toothache right now. I'm not going to fix that thing on my own. Like I'm going to go to the person whose job it is to help me fix my teeth. Like I'm going to call my dentist and be like, I need an appointment. That's why we have the personal trainers, the doctors, all the people in the professions that are like, this is my job. I will help you do this. And you've got the permission but now you have the skill to give yourself that permission. You're no longer needing that sort of external, like your doctor saying, hey, you need a therapist. And then, you know, all these other people saying these things, you know that like, hey, I have the tools to execute this or find the support that I need 
so that I can accomplish this goal and that belief in yourself. And I have, you know, I just ended my last six month session with you. And I believe at the end of it, you said, where are we going? You know, what, where are you going? What's next? And I said, I'm okay right now. Like I'm okay with not continuing on. And I know that at the beginning of my first six month session, I was scared because I'm like, I'm not ready to fly. Like I I still need to be in the nest. And you said, that's fine. And then at that point I knew I needed to sign up for six more months. And then at the end of this six months, when you asked me, I was okay with stopping coaching and I'm at a point in other places where I'm fine not needing that specific support team right now. But what I have done going forward is that I have partnered with you to continue. I'm at the point now where I am ready to work on next things, which is my health. So I have partnered with you to work at at your gym. I've partnered with a financial coach to work on financial budgeting. So I'm not not doing anything. I'm just at the next part of my road. And that's the thing. You helped me pave my road. You took me off the iceberg, unthawed me, and set me on the edge of the pavement and said, where are we going? And we went places and we hit roadblocks and we built bridges. We did it all. And now I don't know where the next part of the path will take me. But I'm just glad that there's a road paved for me. Your transformation was huge because, you know, like you said, like you were, you were on ice, you were very much frozen and I don't know which way to go. I don't know if I want to go anyway, but I, I know where I'm at is not working. And now we've completed a full year of really beautiful transformative work. And essentially what you're doing is you're blooming. You did the inner work and you know we talked about this like as the foundation. Like you built a very solid foundation in coaching. And you gathered all of the tools to go out and pave your own damn road. <laughs> I did. And you're figuring it out. And like you said, like working with Trisha, the financial coach, and looking at your scarcity mindset and how does this impact your life? Because that's the thing. All of these things are intertwined. Oh, yeah. It's like one of those bracelets <laughs> back in elementary school. Like I can only do like the three, the right. three yarn ones. But like some people had like all the yarn and they're big and they're like, that's what this is. Like you go in because you're like, oh, I need to get healthy or whatever it is. I need to take myself off the back burner. And then we sort of start just kind of making this beautiful tapestry and weaving all of the, your support team in. And then also like taking that like needle thing that you pull out the ones that aren't working (laughs) and like taking out like what's not working for you Mm -hmm. and the confidence that you have now in your own ability is remarkable. I can see it. 
but other people see it in me too of not necessarily how much work I've put in, but that I'm happier and like I can feel it in me. Like I'm not just walking around like a zombie through the halls of my work space or of my home. Like I'm able to get off the couch and I wasn't able to get off the couch before because I was so, that was my comfort space. That's all I wanted to do. But yet I have three kids saying, mom, 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 <laughs> let's go do something. <laughs> and it's hard. It was really hard. And I'm not saying that it's not hard now. The work was really hard. And there were times where I didn't see the work that I was doing until I would walk in and sit down and you would say, you worked hard. You did it. That's when I realized I did do it. And that's the thing with coaching that is so important because when you're out there on your own doing the work, one, you want to give up. Usually there's like this idea of I'm going to get going on something Usually by week three, that shiny, sparkly, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Because like you said, it gets hard. But the whole reason we're doing this is it is hard. That's to be expected. But when it gets hard, having that partner with you, it, one, that's so important. But also, oh my gosh, the amount of people I listen to that don't give themselves the fucking credit and the props that they rightfully deserve for the work and energy that they have put in because you're so in the trenches, you don't see it. And it feels like you have so many things that you want to do that until you like reach that mountaintop, you're not giving yourself any credit for anything, but you can't get to the top unless you do all the things leading up to the top. And that's where you come in. I remember one time you came in like beaming. <laughs> I think it was like week two, maybe three, but you had completely shifted. And I don't know if you noticed it, but like, that's like where I just, I just hold up a mirror and it's like, look, you're beaming. You came in here so numb. So just checked out of your life, knowing you needed to do something, but not knowing what. And having a partner with you to say, you have done these things or tell me, tell me what you have done. Because we get so busy wrapped up in all the things and the driving and the work and the bills and all the things of life that you, people don't take time to pause and reflect on everything that they've accomplished. And it's so difficult to accomplish more to reach those goals if you're not fully appreciating where you are and what you have done every day, every week. Because if you're constantly saying to yourself like, I didn't do, you know, the big mountain pieces. You're not going to get there. And we do a ton of stuff during the day that we don't even give ourselves credit for. And that's also where I would come in and you'd be like, what'd you do this last week? How was your last week? And I'd, I'd list off a few things and you're like, that's awesome. What do you want to work on this week? And I'm like, I don't know. But that's also one thing that I learned to change my mind shift of saying, I don't know, was probably also one of the hardest things that I had to do because I do know, I did know that I was sitting in your office 
for help. And you would, you would say to me, when I would say, I don't know, you would look at me and you would say, what do you want to work on this week? And I'd sit there in silence some days. And you would bring something up and we'd go down that path. I think everything that we talked about, and it's, it's one of my favorite sayings, is everything happens for a reason. And everything that we talked about happened for a reason. Whether I knew that I needed to talk about it that week or not, seeing you get so excited over some of the little wins that I didn't look at of being a win that week, that's where I got excited too. I'm like, damn, I am working on myself. Like, yeah, those are little wins. Like, give yourself credit, Katie. Like, don't just be mad at yourself because you didn't do everything. You did a lot. That's where I appreciated coming into your office every week. That having you point out to me the wins when you got excited or we'd talk about stuff. So between that and drawing pictures, like you would just draw me a picture and like you would turn it around and you'd be like, look at this, look, like this is fucking you. (laughs) You did this work. Like you are doing the work. But we don't give ourselves enough credit. No, no, women don't. And I'm going to say as we, as in women, do not give themselves enough credit because we have been molded into that way. So I am just out here loosening the vice grips on the mold that we have been given. And speaking of mold, so the two pieces with you, the society plays in. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that and tell us kind of where you were and where you are now. because. Even for me, I've been doing this work for many, many, many years. This still is something that I actively have to push back and resist and undo the thoughts in my head. So where were you and where are you now? I was at a point where society played a huge role in my life. And with that being said, just scrolling social media, listening to the things I don't listen to the news, but the only time I listen to the news is in the morning for the weather. But having that in the background is still something that you hear the daily news and that can wear on you, not even knowing what is happening. And so that really pushed me down of and depressing of listening to all of that the social media was probably the hardest, one of the biggest things is because as we all know, our phones are always listening to us. So you talk one day to anybody, somebody at work, somebody outside of work, whatever it may be about, oh yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to do this program or I want to do that program. And next thing you know, there's ads and ads and ads on your social media of that thing. And so seeing all of that and being like, oh yeah, that looks really good. Like, yeah, I want, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to be promised this and promised that. And like I said, it's a huge lie and I needed to remove that lie to be able. What's a huge lie? I knew that those things on social media were a lie to me. Because I have done a few of those things and they don't work. So 
having to remove those visions of instant gratification was really hard because who doesn't want instant gratification? And I would come in and I'm like, I just want it to be done or I just want to, you know, snap my fingers and be healthier, know what to do or what path to take. And it's a learning process. It really is. And then I probably didn't listen to your advice a hundred percent when you're like, try getting rid of Facebook for a day. I love that I had that voice. Try. (laughs) I sound so so sweet. (laughs) You do. (laughs) And I didn't listen to you. I don't know why. Because that was my release from my dark spot of seeing all this other happy-go-lucky things of how life should be when reality was I've paved a good life for what I have and for what my kids will have. But I just needed some different tools to be able to pave a better road. So probably to where I am now, I have removed social media. The biggest one was Facebook. I did remove Facebook from my daily viewing for a good six weeks. I don't miss it. I do go look on it probably once a week now. And to be honest, it's the same shit that was there six weeks ago. So it's not necessary. It's our fantasy world. It's to get us out of what we want life to be. And that's what society does. They paint this pretty little picture of how it should be. When in reality, just do you. Be you. And that's your society. Be you. And that's hard. That's hard when you're sold. And that's what it is. It's selling. Mm -hmm. It's free to be you. It doesn't cost a damn thing. But it costs a lot of money to go out there and buy the things that they are selling you. Buy this quick weight loss system. Buy this new outfit. Because guess what? That girl looks happy. Mm -hmm. I want to be happy. So I'm going to go buy that. Yeah. So you took it off. I don't think I realized that. That's great. I know there was one time, this was really funny. You were on Facebook a lot because I hadn't seen you. I think I didn't see you one day, but you didn't come to class. And I posted something and you were always the first person to like and comment. And it was like two different things and you hadn't shown up. And I'm thinking like, is Katie okay? You deleted that shit. So how are you different? Because when I have people, not everybody do I say, you need to get rid of social media. But if you're comparing yourself, if you are actively, I mean, yeah, we check out on social media, but if it's creating a problem and you know, if it's creating a problem, if you are feeling bad about your life or yourself after consuming it, it's like a hangover. Mm -hmm. Then a detox from social media Deleting it from your phone, only going on like on a desktop or a tablet or something like that, not having it so readily available in your pocket all the time. Because I I notice I pick it up. It's like I have this little like routine with my fingers, like (laughs) open this one. Nope, nothing. Scroll it. But it is my husband. He deleted social media, I think two or three years ago. And every once in a while, like we were just buying something off Facebook Marketplace and he needed to, like I said, because I don't want to have to talk to the people on this. So I just (laughs) sent it to him, which means he has to download it again. 
And every time he pops back on, he's like, it is the same people saying the same things that nothing has changed. Right. Like if you delete it, you do not miss anything. Mm -mm. So if you are a person that feels shitty by consuming social media, consider taking it off your phone, consider a detox. So Katie, how is your mind different now? I've noticed a positive change, obviously. I have more time. <laughs> Sounds stupid, but like you just get sucked into it. I'm sure everybody has done this. Like next thing you know, you're on like your best friend's cousin's boyfriend's page. Like what the really? Like there's some drama. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> pages in like wait we have one mutual friend like who's the mutual friend like oh god like please no now I'm outside more I'm able to watch a not that I wasn't before but you know it's like you do different stuff you physically cuddle your kids instead of like have one arm around them while you're like supposed to be watching the show with them you know like give real hugs you give you know you're just like oh I folded the laundry today like how the hell did that happen oh yeah I didn't have my phone in my hand so you realize a lot of things that you should be doing instead of scrolling social media it's a time suck like a black hole and for people who think and or say and this is a scarcity mindset too oftentimes like I don't have the time how much time like go into your, you got an Apple, I don't know if it's on Android, but like go into your screen time. How much time do you actually have that you're wasting away? And I know like I do this, so I'm not like judging. I'm just saying if this is something you want to change, then I highly recommend that you do what Katie did and delete it off your phone. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, because it's an addiction. If you think of every time you get that hit of like in, and then it's like, oh, okay, dopamine's done. Like my hit is done. You stop your scrolling. And then later you get a notification. Like that is a hit. So you're going to feel uncomfortable and it's a habit. Like you're used to picking up your phone and scrolling through your social media. So like give yourself like a good week. I just had a woman who just recently went through this a couple weeks ago. And the first three days, I think she was really just like white knuckling it through. But then she <laughs> said the same thing as you. I have so much more time. And you said something really powerful, Katie. You said you give real hugs. You give real hugs because you're in the moment. You're present. You're actively, and this woman, um, that the other woman that I work with who was doing this, at nighttime, she would do like snuggles at night. And in my head, like they're in a rocking chair in her child's bedroom doing snuggles, but she would be scrolling social media and she stopped doing that. And the way she described this time with her kid after leaving her phone downstairs at bedtime was so powerful. It gives you back the gift of time. It gives you back the gift of presence. It does. And you nailed this. Like you nailed it. And this was like, I offered it. And that's the thing. Like you said, like, I already had it in me. I already knew it. You already knew this. Like you knew you were checking out on social media. It's just, I'm offering it on a little platter. <laughs> hey, Katie, how about we take off the social media? Yeah. How many times did you offer me things? How many times did you offer me to come to the gym? 
But here's the thing. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. And that goes back to your foundation. We were building a foundation for you were creating this foundation. So you can't judge yourself for not doing something earlier. Like you needed certain skills. You needed to shift your mindset. You needed to feel so safe walking into the gym, but you had to get those tools. You had to build those skills before you could do it. So if you're a person out there who's like judging yourself because you haven't done whatever it is yet, yet is the operative word there. You are still gathering. Find your people, find your foundation, build that foundation, and you will. That's one thing. Find your people. Like I said, I watched you for how many years? I probably had some vibe in me like, I need her in my life. Like, that's just the knowing that she's going to be one of your people. But to act upon it and to have all of the invites for you to give to me of like, just try it. So if you are talking to someone who is the version of you that you were a year ago and is in a similar spot of knowing I need something, but having that fear of stepping forward, what message do you have for them? It would probably be never feel guilty about putting yourself first. No matter what stage of life you're in, there's always a way to come out of it and that somebody always says something that will resonate with you and be like yeah I kind of kind of have those same feelings too maybe I should try to get some information and there have been plenty of times where I am in our work cafe and people just ask you know how are you doing and I say I'm good I'm really good And then, you know, we get talking about stuff and I'll bring up that, you know, I don't make it sound odd about, yeah, I've been seeing a therapist and a life coach, but I just say, you know, I've been doing some work on on me and then we get into the conversations. But I think knowing, having at least one person saying like, I see a therapist or I see a life coach or I see both of them. That kind of gives them the okay, like, oh, my thoughts weren't really out in left field. Like, it's okay. She does it. That's the part of society that I'm okay with. You know, like teaching somebody something good and jumping on, even though you say there's no bandwagons, jumping on the bandwagon. (laughs) Well, it's different energy. You're sharing with people. You're giving them permission to be seen in your story. Like if I share, I'm going through this. That's the thing. Like you shine your light. It automatically like, there's a quote on that. I don't know who it's from, but people automatically then feel permission that they can then let their own light shine. And that is the opposite of what this sort of social media society vibe that gives you the icky energy of you need to live up to this unattainable standard and if you don't you are failing (laughs) and you're saying no like we're not failing here we're figuring it out and here's what I'm doing to figure it out like it's like a gift that you give people by sharing yeah and the other part is is that 
when you do start working on yourself and you have these visions of how you're supposed to be, but you really are a different way until you kind of shine negatively, people are going to start looking at you, but nobody is like, Oh, she's fatter than she should be. She's not eating healthier as she should be. Nobody's noticing that stuff. So remove it from your brain, retrain your brain that like you are worthy. You are capable of being healthy, having fun, fashionable clothes. Like you don't need to be wearing whatever it may be. But having all of those visions in your head is what kind of screws you over. You're you're only hurting yourself of the fairy tale story that they put on people. And when you think of it and think of it and think of it and you're not that person and you're not that person, you're hurting yourself. That is like the thing that we worked on is changing your thinking to change your behavior to change your outcome. And that sounds like where you said, just change it. (laughs) It ain't that easy. That's why you get me in it. Cause it is, it's like, it's almost like a toddler. Mm -hmm. Like your brain's like, no, I want to think this. And it's like, no, redirect, redirect, redirect. And that takes partnering. That takes support. That takes very, that's where you're you're like, it was hard. Like that's the hard work right Mm -hmm. there is retraining these. Like I, I describe it as like a highway. Like you're used to going that highway all the way to work. Like you're not used to going another route. Like you have this well-worn path. And then we come in there and we're like, oh, hey, (laughs) we are going to create an exit ramp and we're going to make new ways of thinking. And it isn't, if you think about like creating an exit ramp, like we actually go in and step by step, like a little bit more pavement, a little bit more. And then you zoom past on the highway again, like, no, come back. Let's, Let's work on this exit. That's the process. And then there's this moment where you just look back and it happens like in an instant sometimes. And you're like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing what I have been practicing. And I didn't have to think about it this time. And I do think back quite often because it's on, I mean, it's still fresh. It's only been a year. But when I started, the brain fog was, I don't know, it was there. It was heavy. It was thick. There was some turning point where when we were talking, I'm like, I need to start writing this stuff down or I'm never going to remember anything. And I have a book that I wrote in every week or every two weeks. And I look back on that and I'm like, damn, look at all that work. But if I didn't have that, that roadblock would have still been there. Yeah, your brain fog was thick. Yeah. That was thick. And that's another thing. If you are starting a journey, you kept a very, I loved your journal that you came in with. And that was a couple different times your homework assignment to go home and start at the beginning and look and reflect on every single thing that you have done and where you are because you are in such a different place than you were. So if somebody's out there and you're, starting a journey or you're wanting to make progress in anything. It could be business. It could be friendships. It could be having a baby. 
but being able to reflect back on the days and everything that you kind of forget about because we are in like the, you know, the weeds of life oftentimes. It's a gift to yourself to be able to do that. All right, Katie, last question for you. Share your number one life hacker tip that has helped you save time, energy, or resources. This one would probably go around meal planning just because I cannot stand the question of what's for dinner. If I hear that question, you're going to get cereal because I'm not making anything then. Around that, I like to take probably a half an hour and write down dinners for the week. So that way everybody knows what we're having. I post it up on the cabinet. Everybody knows what we're having. I can grab groceries throughout the week if I need to, or go, you know, Sunday or whatever. And it's done. Like I can prep some stuff if I need to prep anything, but having the weekly, if not, if I'm feeling really motivated, it's two weeks. But sometimes that second week doesn't get translated into the full meals. <laughs> but yes, it's it's meal planning. I I like to have a plan of what's going in for the next week. So Okay, I like that. One because I get asked all the time what's for dinner. And yeah, like so you're planning, so that's like saving time. However, energy, because they don't have to say What's for dinner a bazillion times? (laughs) I've never thought of that as a benefit to having it. Like I don't have it written down. It's in my notebook, but I've never thought about that as a benefit to have it like in public viewing area of me not having the question of what's for dinner. And sometimes I'll include the kid, you know, I'll include everybody. Like, what do you want Wednesday night? Pick something. What do you want this night? Pick something. And once they get old enough, they can make it for me and I don't have to make it. (laughs) We're going to have to talk back on that one because I've been trying to get my kid who's in culinary and super jazzed about it to make. He's like, well, why would I do that? I'm like, so I don't have to. (laughs) So when you get there, I want you to follow back up and let me know because I have not gotten there yet. I will. And you know. (laughs) All right, Katie, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I'm on Instagram at K-T-S-C-A-N-D-L-E. Instagram. All right. Perfect. All right, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners here today. Thank you. And I get to see you soon, so I'm excited for that. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us here today, Katie. Thank you, Alicia. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Spirit of a Badass is a Lit Path Studios podcast and is produced by Jamie Gale and Alicia Jacobson. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll be back with another inspiring interview. Until then, keep your spirits high and your energy badass.